0: Welcome to Rebels Recap. Join Robin Vote and Brian Fontaine as they break down the animated universe of a galaxy far, far away.
1: Welcome back to Rebels Recap here from Jedi Scavenger and the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network. We are talking Trials of the Darksaber this week. This is episode 13 in this third season. What a great episode, just going to say that right off the bat. This aired on January 21st of this year. And of course, the writer behind this was Mr. Dave Filoni. And you could really tell, Brian, that Dave Filoni was behind this project.
0: Oh, Dave Filoni did awesome, awesome things. So we we like to be part of the Star Wars community, Robin. We like to share things on social media. So... I felt so excited about this episode that I sent a note out on Twitter to, uh, I, I tagged Dave Filoni, Freddie Prince Jr., Tia Sakar, and I said, basically, this thing is awesome. I got a like back from Freddie Prince Jr. Totally made my day. Oh, that is so awesome. You know, it's the little things, little things in life. This episode is awesome. It's just so many different things. And, and I think one thing that we want to talk, obviously, this is a Sabine-centric episode. We learned a lot about Sabine. We learned a lot about Kanan and for an episode that didn't have any other, like there was no, there was no villain. There was no Thrawn. You know, they, they mentioned on rebels recon that this was just, you know, an episode about training and and character development. And it was huge. But then Dave Filoni came with the thunder and gave us so much more to the lore of Star Wars with a 22 minute episode. This thing had it all. Can't say that enough.
1: Yeah, it was really. And I dare say this. This episode of Rebels is, is an episode that I have been looking forward to in terms of really stemming back to the originality of Star Wars. Actually, in some ways. The George Lucas Star Wars that he even envisioned when he sat down with everybody at Lucasfilm early on and and really came up with the concept of this franchise. And the cool thing about Trials of the Darksaber, and I think I I don't know if I've ever experienced this before, is on all levels in terms of the score, in terms of the acting, the voice acting, a great job by everybody on this episode. In terms of just the camera angles, you never thought going into an animated TV series that camera angles would play such a big role in how us, the Star Wars fans, see this universe play out. But even in an animated series, and utterly amazing in so many different ways, and just to see not just Sabine, but all these characters, some backstory in terms of maybe some past, maybe some experiences that they've had playing into the rest of the season. It's going to be so fascinating to see. And this episode, I like I said last week, Brian, I was nerding out. I had to get out the towels. I had to get everything ready because there was just so much to it.
0: All right, let's let's talk a little bit about the the mythos first, Robin. And we we t- we talked a little bit about it on last week's episode, and uh, we talked we were going to see a little bit of Tarvisla, the first Mandalorian Jedi, which to me infers that there's been others since then, and they are so carefully potentially bringing a lot of the old Republic stuff into canon status, and you know they're going to be very careful about how they do that. But we got the background of the Darksaber. And for for me, I haven't talked to you about this yet, but I want to hear you nerd out about this. But Kanan's mention of the the Jedi Mandalorian Wars and it was just so funny so I actually had to write this down because I did want to make sure we had this so you know he basically invokes the hey Sabine history lesson the Jedi won the war with Mandalore these tricks will amount to something maybe save you from the time to time but they're not going to keep you alive in the long run and that was just so awesome and we've talked about this before Robin that sometimes there's going to be little mentions of something but that one little sentence that two sentences from Kanan gives us So much like we now know that that legitimately happened. And I know that that's up your wheelhouse more than it is mine. But, man, you have to be nerding about out about that.
1: Uh, At that point, Brian, I probably had about six towels on hand. (laughs) There was, you know, and, and and the beauty of this is, is that Filoni is one of the greatest writers when it comes to taking something outside of the expanded universe and including it in this new canon. We've seen him do it with Thrawn now, and a lot of his other co-associates and everything try to make that transition from the expanded universe to this new canon flawless in every single way. And like you said, just that line alone, I'm somebody who really has dug into the Jedi Mandalorian Wars and really bringing up. I mean, you're, when you're talking about the Jedi's relationship with the Mandalorians, it stems all the way back to the Old Republic and Darth Revan, and you're now talking about Darth Malik and Revan, and you're talking about that relationship. It just, it, it's it's absolutely amazing to have seen that come come to fruition in this episode. And it's interesting because from the Jedi side, the Jedi won that war. From the Mandalorian side, it they see the Jedi as a Weak power that was actually helped out by the Republic at that time. They didn't think that the Jedi fully won that war, they think that they had this mechanical superpower helping them out along the way. Sides to this, and I think Fen Rao even you could even see it in his face when Kanan had mentioned it that man, you know, there are two different sides to this story, and to be able to put that into an animated show in just a couple of lines, and to have us, old Republic fans and people who are fans of the expanded universe, be able to nerd out like that. That is absolutely amazing. And I don't know if they'll ever be able to do it in this kind of way ever again. I'm not doubting it. I would love to see it happen again. But this is a very unique situation within this show. And I was just absolutely awe-inspiring to see that come to fruition.
0: So let's play a little game. We like to sometimes just talk about probabilities and and stuff happening. What do you think the probability of... Darth Revan becoming canon is.
1: I think just from this week's episode, if there if he had mentioned it, having Kanan mention that the Jedi won the war against the Mandalorians stems back to Darth Revan and Malik and just even when Revan did become a Jedi once again and was saved from the dark side. I think that if if you were to put a percentage around it, if you were gonna say over under let's say 45, maybe even halfway there, 50, 55%. I would even boost it up as far as 75%. I think that it's going to be, you see the Black Series figures, you see them marketing. They know how the fans really embrace the character of Darth Revan and everything. And I think that there's a marketing point for them to bring Darth Revan back into the canon equation.
0: So- like we talked we just talked about this was a character driven episode and um this just was it was excellent and you see that a little bit of the the hero's journey a little bit with with Sabine in this episode and and really everybody it well, this, this one's tough because we like to try to stay as positive as we can around here i think the overwhelming i think it's been pretty 50-50 on the character Sabine to date for a lot in the Star Wars community a lot of people either like her dislike her either you know the qualms about her is things either come too easy to her or or just she's just not that likable. This was a moment that everybody's going to love her now. It just it was just it was awesome. You you saw a lot of the shortcomings and this talk about playing the long game, Robin. Like you just saw like I saw on social media and Twitter the the outpouring of people just just saying how much they just kind of welled up at the end of this episode because it basically just Sabine just let it all out. And we wouldn't have had this moment if we haven't have had every other episode up to this date.
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good way of looking at it. I totally agree. I think people were not so sure about where Sabine's character was going at some points, we felt that, you know, she was just being utilized as this, as this, I guess you could say a Mandalorian warrior that was part of the ghost crew and was just there to help bail out at times. I totally agree. I think that now looking back at all these other episodes that many considered, of course, one of my favorite things during Thanksgiving time that we discussed is filler. I think now that we look back at those episodes that we do consider filler, we couldn't have gotten to this point without some of those episodes to really, you know, maybe we, not, we may not see them on screen, however, happening in the background. There are character developments and missions being run. We hear them discuss it at the beginning of certain episodes. It is happening. And without that development, I don't know if we would be, like you said, Brian, you said it beautifully. We would be here right now discussing this character. And I think Kanan said it beautifully towards, I believe it was towards the end. He said, you have come a long way in such a short amount of time. And I think that beautifully describes the character of Sabine. She's had so much development in such a short period of time in this series.
0: Yeah, we talked right before we went on the air live here, Robin, about just the force in general. And and I think this episode did a... Dave Filoni can do so much with so little. And the one thing, and I I do want to just kind of throw this back and forth because I do think that this is so... Important, it, even so much important too. I we mentioned it. Kevin Kiner, he did phenomenal with this one. Like, I think this I think I rank like at least in in Rebels. And obviously, we know he did a lot of Clone Wars stuff to this date. Basically, you could put like the top five songs of Twilight of the Apprentice. You know, it's over now. And Vader and Ahsoka, or Anakin and Ahsoka, whatever it was titled. Probably top five things there. And then that episode with Zeb and Into the Star Cluster, that was another one of my favorites. Whenever we find out what the title to the end track of this one is, just sign me up because, wow, that just added a lot more levity to the dialogue between Kanan and Sabine. And you just, man, I would have loved to be in the recording studio during that day. And, And I think if you watch Rebels Recon, Dave Filoni said, he did something that he doesn't usually do. He recorded the dialogue first, basically did one take, and then they crafted the story and the storyboard. And you mentioned it, Robin, with the visuals and the camera angles. They wanted the dialogue to drive this episode and all the other visuals were secondary. So that was huge. But even going back to Kevin Kiner, the force theme is playing when they're all meeting on the ghost and the reluctance of of Sabine to take, you know, that hero's journey and, you know, all it means to her family. And we find out later in the episode why that is so tough for her to accept that instead of just say, oh, OK, yep, get, give me the dark saber. It's she knows what it means behind that. And we saw we learned so much more about the force on this one, Robin.
1: Yeah just a quick point. I mean, Kevin Kiner obviously was one of the supervising people behind the development of the old Republic soundtrack. So I guess it kind of made sense for him to be also part of this episode alone. It makes sense that maybe some of his background, there's obviously a connection. I, I keep saying it, but there is a connection between this episode and some of the old Republic and everything, but you bring up a great point, Brian, the force within this episode is explored in many, many different ways. And again, I'm going to stem it back to Kanan, which I would love to talk about. I think Kanan's character alone in this episode has a lot building up in terms of his understanding of the Force over time. But there's so much going on with the Force at this time. Obviously, Vader and Palpatine and everything. There's obviously some kind of balance, but some imbalance in some ways. And it seems to be that the Force as Kanan says, is within everybody. There is a root to it within everybody, but it's just exposing it and being able to utilize it as a member of this galaxy and everything and and being able to be one with it. And that's something we haven't seen in quite some time. Maybe it's been mentioned in some other pieces of canon content and everything, but the Force alone in this episode was explored in a very wide lens and it's really cool to see that maybe you know sabine of like you said brian is just very she doesn't really understand it she doesn't really want to be part of it and it just there was so, such a unique feeling there that maybe i even got from some other characters in some past canon that really didn't want to explore the force they didn't really understand it and look at what they became so will be curious to see sabine's development with the force and how Kanan is able to help guide her along the way.
0: There's so much other just things. I mean, we we briefly saw the Bendu. I feel like we have to talk about the Convaries. and we don't know what their um, importance to the galaxy is. I think there's so much speculation, and why it's so fun to talk about this is our own speculation and you and you talked about it just now Robin with got palpatine and vader on on one side of the force and the force as a whole is probably trying to balance it out itself out as as much as it can but the, these these are very interesting because they have popped up at various different points within rebels And if you go back to the Clone Wars series as well, which also Dave Filoni worked on, they come up in big moments. You know, they were around with Ahsoka. They were on the shoulder of Bendu earlier this season. Sabine has even gone as far of putting a a convoy on her shoulder pad and you talk about those angles and it didn't go unnoticed to me that the way that she was standing in various different points of this episode, boom, it's just, you know, it's, it's right there. So I, and I think that was huge, but even la- like, so we we're talking right before we went on the air too, Robin, that last night I just happened to be watching a a, a random episode of the Clone Wars and, and I've been telling everybody that I'm still trying to work through those and I'm at the end of season three, but there's an episode uh, Padawan lost when obviously Ahsoka is captured by the Trandoshians there and meets up with those Jedi younglings and just the importance of that. And the, that's a huge character development moment for Ahsoka. The Convorees are outside of the the younglings hideout. And even back then, oh, I just want to know more about them. Yeah,
1: that's that's actually a really good point. And I actually did some research after I saw this episode because I like you, Brian, I did notice them specked throughout This episode and the focus on them, even when Sabine was training, there were three of them standing above the cliff watching Sabine as she was training with Ezra. There is, and Filoni is one of the best at creating maybe even just a little bit, even using something as small as possibly what a lot of people are now calling force owls. I I think that's kind of an interesting term, but it's, it's really cool to see that they're placed throughout this episode. Obviously, like you said, the camera angles, which I had mentioned before, they really are focused on Sabine's armor and the Convary's and everything. And I think there is a real true meaning to them in terms of their connection with the Force. We know with Ahsoka, we see it at the end of her battle with Anakin, Darth Vader, and we see that she takes off and that one of them flies off and away. I think that one of the best, stemming back to this, at taking aspects of nature and making them focus around the force in some ways. Now, the true origin of an owl in Native American culture is the passing of spirits and the passing of knowledge. Now, whether this connects to rebels and whether this connects maybe even to Sabine's character in some way, it'd be really interesting to see. And I know that the owl is also a symbol of the Mandalorian culture itself. I can't remember the name of the clan off of my head. I believe it's the night owls, actually. But it's really, there, there is some focus on the natural world and the forest. One of my favorite things to nerd out about, by the way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we got even more, Robin, about the the how a lightsaber works. I think for everybody ever growing up, for me growing up as a kid playing with just a, you know a flashlight, pretending it's a, a lightsaber, I think everybody's really always wanted to know the the logistics about how it works. And I and not that they just spelled it all out for this, but I think you the dialogue through Kanan, I think we learned a little bit more about how they works. And we always knew that there was a, a kyber crystal that, you know, emulated the light beam. But the the fact is that you've got force users, non-force users. And I think we got a little bit more uh you know, somebody like I think a big gripe for a lot of people with the Force Awakens is Finn's not a Jedi. How does he use the force? And I think we got a little bit of not necessarily retconning, but maybe a more explanation about it and why he's almost wielding it around like a broadsword where it is so heavy, when in fact, when somebody embraces it, becomes one with it, knows that it's not just a weapon, that actually becomes lighter to them. And obviously that's why a Jedi has a lot more proficiency and skill with a lightsaber, but anybody could pick one up and start swinging it around.
1: Yeah, no, it, the first thing that actually stems back to after I saw Kanan break down the lightsaber and how Sabine has to be one with the weapon that she's using and that the sabers are naturally going to find their way to each other their powers are immediately going to connect with each other no matter what position you hold it in no matter what type of swing you make at it you are one with the saber the first thing i thought back to was that scene actually within the uh, bar on lower coruscant with anakin and obi-wan and he picks up anakin's lightsaber and he says this is your life (laughs) it's it's just there's so, so much of a connection there and he's he's so right in so many ways for the jedi a lightsaber is their life it is something that they have to embrace it is something that they have to become part of because not only is it saving themselves but it's also showing them that to be one with the force you have to also protect it in many different ways and to connect with a lightsaber or to connect with a dark saber which was obviously developed thousands of years before with the very same concept is so important to being successful as a Jedi, or even just being successful as a force wielder in some ways. So I'll be curious to see where Sabine's trajectory is headed, knowing that Kanan has now exposed her to not only how to use a lightsaber, but how to connect with the force through using an ancient, ancient Jedi tool.
0: Before we kind of finish up on basically the last like three minutes of the episode where it was so emotionally charged, I think I also would be amiss if I didn't mention also the mention of me geeking out a little bit that they mentioned the lightsaber forms. And you've got uh, Kanan, the blind Jedi that I still he's just still that that character just amazes me that he has embraced the force so much that he basically can just see just about as well as anybody else that has their has their eyes. And, you know, just we invoke Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, your eyes can deceive you. You know, that was just so cool. And I think we've got little hints here and there. And I think back in season two, when they were looking at the... Um, hologram of Anakin Skywalker I think he'd even mentioned something about like form six but we kind of now see like okay well this is how they learn to to duel basically it was just I don't know I just thought it was just so cool
1: yeah it's wicked epic that's that's the word to use wicked epic um, that's an
0: that's it, a New Hampshire term too wicked it's a New
1: Hampshire, wicked epic Epic for all you people not watching from New Hampshire. Now you got a little bit of New Hampshire right inside of you. But the cool thing is, is that this is what, again, I'm going to send it back to the first thing I said. This is what George Lucas wanted Star Wars to be. It's very classic Japanese sword techniques. It's, it's really what it stems from. It's what George wanted the lightsaber form to be. It's what Filoni is now trying to bring into this universe once again. Them say these different phrases and everything. I mean, playing the old Republic games and playing a lot of the Star Wars video games, it even says with through the video games at certain points, the different forms and everything as you're fighting. It's, it's really, really cool. And to see that take place, I, I never thought in Star Wars Rebels... We would hear this reintroduced to us, and it's just—it oh, was just like you said, Brian, just absolute nerding out session when we heard those different forms come into fruition on the episode.
0: So Sabine reaches a breaking point, and I love the just the little moments throughout where um, I again I, I just love all these characters now at this point, and and Hera, aka the Space Mom, is basically kind of <laughs> bringing Kanan around to saying like basically you gotta trust her. I mean like there's this one line that stuck it said he basically didn't want her to train with a dark saber because he didn't want her to get hurt and even very much in the very beginning of the episode he goes a mistake is a limb lost and i just i just had to laugh at that one too <laughs> he goes oh that's your head but his just Hera's comment about no sword can hurt her as much as her family did or, or something like that. Just added a lot more levity to the situation. And she almost kind of just had that unleashing, basically. Kind of like, you know, Anakin had at various different points throughout the prequels. But then also with Luke Skywalker on Just Star 2, when he basically just kind of snaps a little bit and just starts basically overpowering Vader, which is a huge uh, moment in, in Star Wars to to this point. But you know, you also just saw that emotion outpouring from Sabine and just obviously catching Kanan off guard. And obviously Kanan isn't going to mortally wound her in any way, but he is overpowered. And and I think that was just really huge. And obviously if she's able to wield the darksaber on like that, she's got to that point where she's part of that that weapon. And and I think that was going to be big for her going forward.
1: Oh yeah. Big question I actually have about that scene alone when Sabine is obviously coming to terms with basically everything happened with my family. I am to fault for this. I am the one who now has to bring Mandalore back together. I'm the one who possesses the dark saber and has this long journey ahead of her. What fascinates me. And what I'm really starting to wonder is yes, the force is bound to each and every being within this galaxy and within this universe, but I'm almost starting to think that Sabine even tapped into the dark side a little bit. We know that jealousy her jealousy of others. Her Obviously, she has this attitude about her where if she does not succeed, she's going to release her anger and she's going to be frustrated this entire time. That is the basis of the dark side, the jealousy, the hatred, everything else. I'm just wondering if she tapped into that even for just the slightest bit at that moment. And boy, would that give some levity to this character that, yeah, you know, Kanan's trying to, to develop her as a force wielder or somebody who's going to later on maybe play a large, large role but boy if she can even tap into the dark side for even just a little bit i'm starting to wonder about sabine's character and who knows there's a lot going on with this and i love
0: it uh, i'm only smiling over here and everybody listening on the the podcast won't be able to see that i know that you've got a i know that you've got this uh this theory that uh, you just maybe convinced me a little bit more and that'll be coming more in, in due time as we get a little bit more evidence, but man, I think you're to something.
1: <laughs> well, that's, that's good. That means I'm doing something right. Brian, as I always say on the podcast, if I'm saying something that makes sense in some way, it doesn't really have to. I mean, we're on here. We're here to speculate. We don't know everything guys, as you know, it's one of Brian's favorite lines. We're here just to talk nerdy star Wars talk and to break down this galaxy. Far, far, away with everybody else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to get a, it's about a month or so before we're going to, you'll hear from us on, on Rebels recap here again. So, They're, they're taking about a month off and I think we're going to finish this, the season strong. And I think there's probably, I I don't think it's going to be every week leading up. I think there is another week where there's like a, a week break in between, but you know, this month break is going to give us a lot more time to kind of go back and appreciate this episode. And I think at the end of the day, whenever Star Wars Rebels, the series is, is gone. and and done and somebody was to say make like a a top five or top 10 list of all the episodes that you need to watch and i know that people have done that a lot with with clone wars and stuff this one's in that top five definitely top 10
1: oh top two for me i i would even I, I that's that's just where I'm heading I don't know what next what next episode's going to bring it might even push it even more I don't know it seems to be a lot coming up guys so make sure to keep it locked here at Rebels Recap and everything and make sure to check out Rebels Recon on the Star Wars official channel They give us a little bit of a sneak peek into maybe something coming up in terms of the next episode so make sure to check that out Andy Gutierrez and everybody over there it is so awesome talking star wars with them and being part of this community so guys it's our favorite time on the show brian what do we plug call time.
0: this one it's plug, yeah, time. plug time so we'll keep it brief this week so obviously um yeah. you know make sure you're checking out and subscribing to the brick city blockade star wars podcast network and there's so many great shows that we now have all kind of combined on there and you've got scott inch and you guys have your main show and obviously Rebels Recap here. And it's just so awesome to just kind of come together as a a Star Wars community. So tell a friend, subscribe. You can subscribe on iTunes, any other service like iCatcher or anything, pick up the RSS feed, just search for Brick City Blockade, and you'll find it there. And then obviously on SoundCloud, and share on social media, and just um, tell a friend. This is Robin and I do this for for fun. We just love talking Star Wars.
1: Yeah, it's always fun talking Star Wars with everybody else. You guys can go over to the Brick City Blockade on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on TuneIn Radio as well. You can take it on the road with you wherever you're going and listen. You can even be in another planetary system in a galaxy far, far away and listen to us. I hope there are people out there listening to us right now. It'd be so, so cool. But guys, thank you for tuning into Rebels Recap again this week. I'm Robin Vote. You can follow me on Twitter at Tweets. Like my official page on Facebook. Make sure to send a friend request over on Facebook and also check out my Instagram page for Errol, the events coming up with the Brick City Blockade podcast networks, Jedi Scavenger, Vintage Viewport, Mr. Scott Inch over in the UK. Make sure to check it out. So thank you guys again for tuning into Rebels Recap this week. We will see you soon. May the force be with you.
0: Always.